This episode of Commentary, Trek Stars, is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 13 of Commentary, Trek Stars, a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. Today is Part 2 in our series on Robert Hewitt Wolf as an unsung hero, where we will be looking at Wolf's first TV project post-Star Trek, Future Sport. I'm Mike. I'm Max. And today we are joined by Brandon of Commentary, Track Stars, Off Topic. How's it going, Brandon? I, I'm good. That's good to hear. It's a pleasure as always. So the year is 1997. Robert Hewitt Wolf leaves Deep Space Nine, and uh, according to the uh, Deep Space Nine companion by Terry Erdman, he signed a production deal with Fox. And his first project post DS9 was a TV movie which aired on ABC called Future Sport. Mm. Now, I'm not sure if this was part of the deal with Fox or not because Fox doesn't seem to be associated with this movie at all. It was released by Columbia and Home Video, Sony and and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's produced by uh, Wesley Snipes' company and and stuff. So I don't know whether or not this was part of the production deal. But regardless, this was his first post-DS9 project. And also... I don't know where I read this. I cannot find the source, but it, it was it was a pilot, which didn't get picked up, but was then released as a television movie on ABC. Like virtuality, right? Like virtuality, it or surprisingly, or, or like uh, the shows that Andromeda was based on, Planet Earth, Earth Two, Genesis yeah. Two, yeah. whatever those things were named. There were like fifteen of them. They all had different names. Uh, I believe the total number is 126. Yeah. So, future sport. Here's a synopsis for what it's worth. I wrote this down because it's so complicated that I don't know how to word it easily. Complicated? Do um, we see a different movie? <laughs> okay. All right. I think two, the two things literally happen in this movie. <laughs> so here, here's the synopsis for, for future sport. In the year 2025, the world is on the brink of war. Mm. North America and the Pacific both lay claim to Hawaii, mm-hmm. and a violent conflict seems inevitable. I never quite clarify what the Pacific means. Right. So it's kind of a vague... But it was like a union of sorts, yeah, like I North America. I understand yeah. that. I mean... But anyway, that's the least of its problems. The, the most popular sport in the world is future sport. That is the greatest of its problems. <laughs> continue. Which is a game invented by Wesley Snipes' character as a way of alleviating gang warfare in urban environments. So now Dean Kane's character, who's like the Michael Jordan of future sport, proposes that instead of going to war, North America and the Pacific should play each other in future sport with Hawaii going to the winner. See, that actually makes it sound a lot better than it is. Because what what happens basically, there's a um, they kind of set up the whole uh, Pacific Rim thing um, with the terrorist attack um, at the yeah. um, so, so there's a there's a last like a championship game 
and then the Pacific. Um, I guess they're a terrorist. I don't. They feel more like a terrorist cell than like an actual government. Um, but they they attack the stadium where the last game is. So that sets up how awesome everyone is. And then the main character, what's his name? Um, Superman. Uh, Dean Kane. Dean Kane. He's very cocky. He's concerned about his uh, his. What are, what are the points called? The uh, PI. Um, you, they have they have like a public. Um, Index or something. Yeah, like yeah. basically to, to to say how popular you are right. in the world. He's very concerned about his PI index or whatever. It's how many and he's, uh, friends he has. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, um, and he's he's cocky, and then he, he doesn't pass the, the ball. Um, so in the end, he So wouldn't he be more ass. like the Kobe Bryant of future sport? Mm-mm. Or Shaquille O'Neal? Michael Jordan was a very good team player, as I understand it. He dominated, though. Did he? Yeah. Okay, but either either way, so he he is the reason they lose the championship game, and then um, he's the Barry Bonds of future sport. That's fantastic. Uh, all right, why why is he the Barry Bonds? Because all he cares about is himself, and he's really 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 good. Okay. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. so he loses. His team loses. His PI points go down. Also, the thing is that uh, he is—he's from the streets, but he has—he has left that life behind, and like he has become like a sellout in a sense. He's—he's yeah. he's about the winning at all costs, and not the true essence of future sports. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he talks to Wesley Snipes, this character, he, he, who kind of reminds him of his roots. So he. So Which the leads funny thing, to, remember when you were saying like it's not that complicated? I think you really you're it's, making it's it ridiculously complicated. <laughs> but it, it's not. It's the movie doesn't just start with "Hey, let's solve world problems." Well, I was trying to give like a two line synopsis. I know that you're a big fan of the like you know ten minute long synopses. But there's there's you have to you have to exp- explain the re- ridiculousness of this movie. Fair Synopsicate enough. Synopsicate it exactly. If, if, fair enough. Okay, so. Now, before we get into our thoughts on this, I do have to say that I hadn't seen this, and I know that neither of you had. Or ever wanted to see it. Well, hang on. Um, But you're the only one, because every other person that I've talked to, because we always try to find someone who's like a fan of whatever it is we're talking about. And, you know, I I was emailing and texting, you know, everyone I could think of and saying like, hey, have you seen Future Sport? And the response was always like, no, I never heard of it up until now, but I just looked it up and it looks amazing. I need to see this thing right now. You know, there were like multiple people who said that to me. Oh. So I I, I sent a, a tweet to Robert Hewitt Wolf saying that basically because uh, I thought it was, was kind of funny and cool. He sent me a tweet back saying, tell them to lower their expectations. No, lower. No, lower still. Wait, that's too low. Okay, perfect. So... Wolf is not a fan of future sport. Brandon, are you a fan of future sport? Do you like basketball vaguely? Yeah. Do you like skateboarding vaguely? Mm. Well, imagine mm-hmm. you put those two things together and how unexciting that is. <laughs> I mean, you, you say that. It sounds pretty exciting. And then <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like imagine like like Tony Hawk Pro Skater, but like you do one of those awesome like jumps off of the bowl and you dunk a ball? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe... That would be amazing. Once. I, I guess... I, One yeah. time. 
And perhaps if they had some idea of how to shoot that and make it interesting. Yeah. To if convey you, if the didn't have excitements a, a of TV that. movie budget. Yeah. I feel like that's not a really good excuse for well, why that not, why that game didn't look exciting. I mean, it's a dumb the mere <laughs> the mere fact they call it future sport. Right, yeah. and they they're because like we're in the future now. That's what our sport is called. You know it's the future because it's horrible CGI buildings. Yeah. And, oh. Like, how come we don't call this, like, uh, future podcasting? Because, I mean, it's like 2014. We can. Like, well, we've, like. Why not? We're, we're only, in we're future, only 11 man. years away from, from future sport. Yes. Yeah. At this That's, point. Yeah. We are closer to the future of future sport than we were to when future sport aired. I do love the nod they give. I think towards the end, where it's like, President Clinton. And they're like, President Clinton? That doesn't make any sense. It's Chelsea Clinton. Yeah, so well, we're okay. really in the future. No, no, no. But, but here, the, see, and that's, that's something that I, that, that, that I want to talk about because, I mean, I didn't like the movie. Okay, I thought it was bad. But there were things in it which were really interesting, like the popularity index or whatever it was, like you're saying. I mean, yeah, that's basically like checking to see how many friends you have on Facebook. I mean, that exists. And, I mean, you can kind of see us getting to this point. Like, I watched this movie right before the the two uh, uh, conference championship games for, for the NFL uh, last Sunday. And um, after... You know, like like when I when I watched the movie, there was uh, the, the, that scene, a couple scenes afterwards where they're interviewing the players, and they're saying like, "What do you think about this?" And they're just like going crazy and like shouting and stuff like that, like like uh, wrestlers, like pro wrestlers do. And obviously, pro wrestlers are putting on a show, oh. you know. And and these are supposed to be professional athletes. And usually, when they talk to professional athletes, it's more subdued and. And, you know, usually they're they're just reading off of a script, essentially, you know, like, we, we got to play for 60 minutes and, you know, give it 110% or whatever. Sometimes if they go crazy, you know, they'll they'll say something which they shouldn't say and then regret it or whatever. But it's usually done rather quietly. And this is, like, completely over the top, like many things in the movie. And I felt like, man, this is really over the top. I mean, then, I- then, I, then I watched these two football games. And as everyone knows now, except for probably Max over here, at the right after the last game, mm-hmm. Richard Sherman is pulled off to the side to be interviewed by Aaron Andrews, and she's like, "Tell us about that last play." And he just went off on you know one of the the, the players on the other team, and like literally like looking into the camera, shouting like, "Don't test me with someone who's mediocre," you know that kind of thing. Way more over the top than Future Sport, and it's like things like that. Things like the the President Clinton thing with Chelsea. I mean, we're not too far off from that stuff, you know? I mean, we've already had, you know, since then, one uh, president who was a a child of of another president. I mean, that's not... We've had multiple No, 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 but it followed by an election where, you know, a, a relative of Clinton came very, very close to getting uh, elected. Like, we almost had, you know... Bush, Clinton, Bush, Clinton in, you know, four consecutive presidencies. It's like, who's to say that Chelsea is not going to be uh, a president? I mean, it's it's almost become like a... Uh, I, I know that this is audio, but I'm going to raise my hand right now. Yeah. I'm to say that. 
I know you're to say that because I've heard to you say that Chelsea Clinton is not going to be running for president. I'm not saying that Chelsea <laughs> Clinton is going to be running for president. I'm just saying this idea of you know it being almost a uh, uh, a I think, birthright. I think the Chelsea thing is not that exciting and kind of a throwaway thing. It's a the, it's a throwaway thing. thing. It might have been just of... a funny bit. But what I'm saying is these well, look, these when, little things in you, here. If you want to find things to like about it, you can do that. Like, if you want to find things to like about future sports, yeah. it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. If if you want to talk about what the majority of future sport is, it's things that don't really work. Sure. And that they have this PI index thing, that's a completely reasonable concept, and it's essentially the kind of thing that we have nowadays. It's also the kind of thing they had back then. It's just more quantified because it's a, like an entirely networked society. Sure, and 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 like any science fiction, you know, this is trying to reflect the society that it's in. I know what you mean, but I think that there's other things going on. The idea being, uh, part of this weird concept is essentially a sort of alternative to the war concept. It's yeah. it's a way of like supplanting war as 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 a means of mm-hmm. global change. Yeah. By, by essentially by creating the the future sport game as a proxy for nations competing in other various forms. Yeah. That's not reflective of society. That's not reflective of now. It's it's essentially a kind of like Star Trek like concept where you yeah. say like, well, what if we did this instead of this? Would that work? Let's draw that out. And like Star Trek, like a society that doesn't have money, a society that solves its conflicts with the game of um, roller basketball um, does not make sense and does not does not you know you can't put that particular puzzle piece into any other puzzle because that piece doesn't fit but the idea behind it is uh, noble sure but and when and the idea when, when the when the, the positive hopeful benevolent kind idea doesn't work at all. Okay, but it actually makes the idea look stupid. But here, well, here's here's a thought. Okay, like and this movie what, whether convinced or not, me that war is really necessary. Look, look whether or not this is it true. Would I mean, never work another way. But but who's to say <laughs> that that the idea behind this isn't uh, to say, look at this ridiculous idea. Okay, mm-hmm. it, we're going to settle our conflicts with future sport. You know. And you, you, you hear that and you're like, really? You're going to settle this? And then they're like, yeah, well, we could do that or we could go out and kill people. Now, which sounds like the better idea to you? They even say that. They, like even Dean Cain is like, you, I know you're going to think I'm crazy. But tell me, is it not more crazy to go to war? And, you know, if you're sitting there watching that and you're uh, thinking like, like, yeah. I mean, obviously they well, want. Hang on. If, if you're thinking that, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, because I couldn't help but think that, you know, like, while this isn't at all realistic, it is just. It's a nice idea. It's it's, it's a nice idea to think However, that we can settle our concepts through war, uh, through through future sport. But, okay, maybe, maybe making it. As ridiculous as they did, calling it future sport, making it roller basketball and, and everything, maybe the idea behind that was to say, look at how ridiculous war is. Because even this idea, which is straight up ridiculous, is less ridiculous than going to war. No. 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 Why? Why? Because while they're doing this completely absurd thing, 
there are still murders happening. Well, yeah. There are still people trying to win by any means, which basically is war. Well, maybe. like they've essentially just said, like, okay, well, let's let's limit our war to this one particular auditorium on this one particular day, and we're going to do whatever we can to make things go our way. And let's say hypothetically, that's they finish the, like it, the, the game ends, and they're like, oh wait, the the and it would not work, and it would make things worse. I'm not saying that it would. So work. the game is created to solve gang problems, correct? Yes, originally, mm-hmm. um, but there's still poor people and there's still poor areas and there's still like rundown areas well like the kind of manifestations of those issues aren't really resolved they're just kind of they, there's this game that kind of placates right. these rebel gangs it's essentially a distraction yeah and it works as a distraction but it's, that, it's basically i mean it, it is something which exists now i mean they have the sports in general is yeah, well, like the, the, they, they have the midnight basketball league in in chicago you it's know? not yes but it's not quite the same thing because future sport can actually work as a as an alternative to gang violence because it's incredibly violent and you can actually injure people well, in can, the game you could do that so if you want to beat too. the opponents and they're rival gang it's actually pretty easy to get into a game of future sport and I mean, like break a leg because could, it happens you could also play football or hockey also no, but like like they say like street rules they will break bones yeah they this yeah. is how it works on the street right. because it's not a game to them right it's a way of winning okay i just love the fact that i i believe the game was created 20 years prior to the movie and it was still called future sport that's just very it was still the future is 2005 it's, yeah. That, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the ridiculous. thing. You could set a modern day show or call it Future Sport, have a, a made up game called Future Sport. There's nothing wrong with having a game called Future Sport. The problem isn't that the game is called Future Sport. The problem mm. is that this movie, let's just let's say it's a movie. It's not a, not a, not a pilot. Let's just call it a movie. Um, features almost every single thing can be prefaced with the word future. Like um, the guy with the uh, the cameraman with the camera on his face. Yeah, yeah, future camera. Oh, that exists um, now, though. Um, yes, sure. Future, future uh, skateboard. Mm-hmm. Future watch. Future roundhouse kick. Future Jamaican accent. Let, let's talk about mm-hmm. this idea that that this was going to be a show. Mm-hmm. And 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 I mean, there is even though I can't find the source, I know I read it, and and there is evidence in the the piece itself for example the credits it says starring dean kane and vanessa williams special guest star wesley snipes that doesn't happen unless you're quentin tarantino so it, it was going to be a tv show i'm i'm, I'm nearly positive it was that. maybe 99 percent 99 percent positive uh, it was going to be a tv show okay but there's things in there well there's two sides of that first off what do you think the tv show would have been Mm-hmm. Because like, spoilers, the way that this movie ends is um, they win and they get Hawaii and the con- conflict is resolved and future sport goes on as uh, it, it, we enter a new era of future sport. Maybe they want Guam Oh, yeah, by the way, they, they, they do actually um, – the, 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 the guys in red, white, and blue do win the game and get Hawaii despite that being kind of not really – cares why why honestly didn't know who was going to win but regardless of that i I think i think the reason why that's important is because you see that dean kane is victorious you know why does he have to be victorious why can't the idea be victorious why does he have to be victorious? i mean i guess here's here's kind of makes it look silly that he has to win 
well, well okay here here's here's the question though what what you would the show so be like what what is what is episode two what is your typical episode of future sport what happens in this show i think if they had lost a game episode two would be they win something small well considering the fact that they won what's episode two they had there has to be another island or another territory that they need like what they're fighting so over. this is what they so do the they just they just go and try to be, take over the world like in sort of like alexander fashion and by by playing future sport like a game of risk but instead of rolling dice to determine who wins the fight you put the game in in a, in a room and then you go play some basketball and whoever wins that Wins, wins that risk. Fight. It, yeah. I mean, I would assume that they're playing. I mean, I don't really. I really have no idea where they would go with this thing. I really have no idea what the next episode of Future Sport would be. That's uh, yes, because the the problem is that if if this is a, if this is a show where these guys like take part in these conflicts, they pick the North America side. Then it's just you know a series of games where North America decides problems by having their team win for them see i'm thinking it would end up being more of sort of like what happened in that section of the movie between when they came up with the idea and when they actually played the game i think there'd probably be a lot of like terrorist organizations who are like we don't like these guys we're going to try to get rid of them right if 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 every episode of the show has somebody trying to take out one of the members of the game or try to force them to throw the game, then that's an unbelievably labored premise for well, a TV show. I mean, I think a lot of it, basis. well, I think a lot of it would be like Friday night lights where it's like the games in a sense are oftentimes secondary and you might go like a month without even seeing a game. Uh, no, you think you're going to see future, future sport? sport. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. The, like if they had lost, then it could have been like just, Dean Kane and his cast of characters dealing with this reality and maybe even participating in some games now and then. That's the problem. The idea was was successful and the game was successful for them. That you don't need two victories. The idea of being successful is enough. He prevented a war. Why does he also have to win the war that he prevented? Yeah, I mean That's silly. Yeah, perhaps you're right. The other thing about this, which I find interesting, is this aired on ABC, obviously. It was designed for a sh- to be a show, presumably on ABC. I don't know. Um, but if you look at it, it's R-rated. There's yes. one scene with a little bit of nudity. There's you know a few F-bombs which are dropped and whatnot. Um, What's an F-bomb? Well, well you it, format your hard drive. So I'm wondering how that all went down. I mean, you certainly hear of things like, for example, Mulholland Drive, you know, which obviously was designed originally as a pilot to a TV show, I think on ABC as well. And then when it didn't get picked up was greatly expanded upon to become what it is today. I mean, is this Robert Hewitt Wolf's Mulholland Drive? No. Okay. Look, something something obviously is crazy with the with the DNA of this thing. Something is wrong. Like this this whole thing plays like from a metaphorical point of view, like this movie is the child of a brother and sister. 
because everything is short circuited. There are like the the science fiction elements in it are over the top. The, the the sort of schlockiness of the concept of you know these guys and their super futuristic game where they're super badass dudes is really overblown and looks very cartoonish and that's a serious problem and I think that at some point they must have just thought who cares let's just be totally silly with this yeah. it doesn't matter I mean it's a it's a it's a movie where they they prevent a war by playing a game. Let's well, just go ahead and be nuts. Well, maybe we can take a look at uh, the origins of the, the people who are involved and see if maybe we can figure something out from there. Now, the script was written by uh, Wolf, but the story is credited to both Wolf and another guy named Steve Dejarnat. He Well, he's written for a lot of TV shows. He wrote for the X-Files and stuff like that. But probably his biggest claim to fame, as far as I'm concerned, is that he is the director of Cherry 2000. Yes. A movie which I don't like, but I know Max is a fan of. Oh, that movie's amazing. Now, I don't know if he originally came up with the idea and then Wolf rewrote him or, or what, but but yeah, there was obviously you know multiple people involved with, with the, the creation of this concept. It was directed by Ernest Dickerson, who is a really interesting guy. He got his start as Spike Lee's cinematographer. He shot all of Lee's movies from She's Gotta Have It up through Malcolm X, including Mo Better Blues and Do the Right Thing. Uh, really good cinematographer and someone who I've always been really interested because of that. His style, like Spike Lee, is very, his movies, one of the most interesting things about his career is the way that uh, as he picks up new cinematographers, he picks up new techniques and styles and he adds that to his arsenal but but dickerson's work is kind of like the foundation of lee's visual style and after malcolm x he went off to start making his own movies and he uh has directed a number of of uh, feature films including tales from the crypt demon knight bulletproof uh never die alone which i i think is a very good movie and bones which is not a good movie, but very entertaining with Snoop Dogg. It's, yeah. it's, it's fun. But now he's kind of settled into a role as a television director, and he's done some, I mean, like a lot of like really high-profile things. He directed a bunch of episodes of The Wire, which is obviously a fantastic show, and uh, he directed a bunch of episodes of Walking Dead and a bunch of episodes of Dexter and a million other things, 4,400, everything, everything you could possibly think of. Um, so, you know, here he – this is obviously probably something which was designed, you know, for him to set up the style of this show and then he may or may not have left. But as it stands, I think it's one of his weaker movies to be sure. That's, that's silly. He's a, he's a, it's a TV directing job. It's, yeah. he did as good a job as the script is good. Well, yeah, but it, it. it's also I mean, it's also a pilot so job what? where so you're you're responsible for establishing the, the establishing like lighting schemes, the thematic like camera work, how how much you use dolly track, that kind of thing. And it doesn't matter because there's nothing he could have done to make this better. I'm not saying that. <laughs> well, I think visually he could have. I think that there are some problems with it. The the not this and this. I think that those were determined largely by sets and production capabilities. It, I mean that could be, but you know, I mean you can't place all the blame for this movie on just the concept. 
you know, there is... I can place a lot of blame on the concept. You can place a lot of blame and on the I concept. And I think that when your concept is, the, you know, a, a bunch of guys in a, in, a, in a team in the future who play a game that doesn't exist with rules that are we're going to kind of make up as we go along, and they, they fight other teams in this game in order to solve, um, like, actual real-world significant political disputes. At that point, if you keep going, you're going to make something bad. Sure. But I'm saying you can't place all the blame on it. There are other problems with these movies aside from that. Anyway, Max, do you have any final thoughts on Future Sport? There's a, there's a part of me that, that, that like would really love to see more things that are this silly get tried. Because if things that were this silly, we could actually get some really awesome stuff out there. And I think that a significant problem with this is the idea that people want things that are positive and nice and... The idea that the team has to win is is embarrassing. I mean, I'm an audience member. I don't care if they win. I don't care. It works for a movie. Like, if it's as a standalone thing, that's fine, whatever. But again, as a concept for a TV show, it doesn't work. There's actually a point in the, in the, in the climax, like the climactic, you know, game, where, like, the players on the other side, like, stop the, the dirty gamesmanship. They... they like the, the the person on the field, whoever the big shot is on the field at that point, says like we're not doing any more of that nasty stuff. Why can't that be more important? Why is it why is it that there's this this moment where she's like we're not we're not going to cheat anymore? It's like you're playing a game to avoid a war. You are cheating. Like that is a cheat. You are preventing a war by telling everybody that we're going to do this instead of a war. But they kind of made a point of like, and this this kind of goes to the problem of made-up sport, like, there's supposed to be a purity to the sport. Yeah, but, mm. like, the, there are a lot of problems with this concept, and if they had realized that this concept is the craziest future thing that they've got in this movie. They've got phones in your watch with cameras, they've got hoverboards, they've got, like, future guns that look exactly like the guns from Tech War because they probably are, I'm guessing. Uh, Like, all of this stuff, the craziest thing you've got is a bunch of people saying, yes, the outcome of this game will determine whether or not this political dispute ends one way or the other. How is it possible that people are not saying that's incredibly stupid? If there is a conflict between two countries, like, if we had to go, all right, if if we had to fight, like, uh, Iran... Right, but like the arena was suddenly not war; it was football, soccer. We would be screwed. They would win. Mm, probably not. Yes, they would. I don't know. I, I think I think against Iran, I think uh, the U.S. would win in soccer. Hey, regardless, even if that's besides the point, like you're supposed to forget, like, like, hey, I have all these weapons, you, and you just beat us. Oh well. Let's go home. Let's back it up. That's the thing. If like if you are fighting for something that is actually important and extremely necessary, then the outcome of the game will not determine anything. And if the outcome of the game does determine what happens, then really you don't need a strong army or a good economy or people who can eat. You just need a, like twelve dudes who can skateboard and know how to throw a ball. Like, you can just throw away every other positive thing in your country and put your, all your resources into that. Well, it's an entirely ridiculous it's, and it's terrible idea. It's absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, if you, you look at what 
the 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 message behind it is you've got to look at the intent and i think the the message behind it is is one which is very similar to gene roddenberry's it's not at all realistic but it's a good thought anyway well that's it for 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 future sport um we've had fun talking about future sport right but that's not the only thing we're talking about on trek.fm this week here's a look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Mark Cushman on Season 2. Gene Kuhn was real good at writing comedy. And Gene Roddenberry did not want that for Star Trek. And Roddenberry just said, we are not going to go down that road. Earl Grey. The Borg on TNG. But it's only one episode that we get this, like, technology-obsessed Borg until they become more of, like, a perfection-obsessed Borg. That they're trying to complete themselves, I guess. It's it's just kind of a strange anomaly. There's a hole in their heart that only technology can do. Yes, Borg <laughs> are the Jerry Maguire of You Complete Me. The Ready Room. Remember me. Well, one thing I, you didn't mention, that, that the fact that this is the only TNG episode to make it to Lilith Fair. You know, will you remember me? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Really? I mean, that, that's, you didn't know that? Okay. The Orb. Ferengi values versus Federation values. We, we look at the Ferengi and we bristle at them because we don't like being reminded that if we lived our lives evolutionary-wise and, and that was all there was, you, you end up with nihilism. To the journey! Janeway's best command decisions. I might be able to understand where you're coming from if part two of Scorpion was not completely devoted to explaining how Janeway was wrong in every single way. <laughs> Warp 5. Prequel technology. You almost feel like photon torpedoes should have happened 50 years after Enterprise and they should have gone through three different kinds that you'd never heard of. Yeah. And it's, that seems more right. real to me. Commentary, Trek stars. Robert Hewitt-Wolf on Trek. Some elements that are in Deep Space Nine that... Uh, I've never been able to quite fit together with other elements. I think it might actually start to fit together once I, I understand Robert Hewitt Wolf's involvement, who I like to call R.H. Dubs. Literary Treks. Editing Star Trek with Margaret Clark. I try to make sure that the books are true to their series. That if you're right. reading a Key West book, it feels like, okay, Bob Chapman would have bought this story. He couldn't afford it to be a set, but... Bob Justman would have gone into Gene and went, you really should read this, this is good. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the daily Trek talk. We have new shows for you every day, and you'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Windows Phone, Xbox, Zune, or you can stream and download files from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. Now, I know that, uh, well... Max, you're not a a, a big uh, sport fan, Brandon. You you you, you I'm play a huge sports enemy. You play you play rugby, Brandon, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, and and that's that, that's cool. That's a cool sport okay. for sure. My my sport of choice is obviously baseball, and my favorite book on baseball, and one of my favorite books ever written, is Moneyball: The Art of Winning an Unfair Game by Michael Lewis. And since you're a listener to Trek.fm, you can get that book for free on Me? audible.com. Yeah, you. you. Yeah, you can you totally can. Oh. Moneyball reveals a quest for something as elusive as the Holy Grail, something that money apparently can't buy, the secret of success in baseball. 
The logical places to look would be the giant offices of major league teams and the dugouts. But the real jackpot is a cache of numbers collected over the years by a strange brotherhood of amateur baseball enthusiasts, software engineers, statisticians, Wall Street analysts, lawyers, and physics professors. And this book is all about that. It's all about a dude who broke through the system and said, you know what, let's find value in where, where people don't know it exists and let's change this game and uh, build a winning team out of uh, something. Parts. Yeah, essentially, spare parts. And it is very inspiring and very interesting, even if you're not a baseball fan. But, I mean, hey, if you're listening to this, chances are you're a Deep Space Nine fan. Maybe you want to understand more about the game, which... Uh, which which is uh, is the backbone of of Deep Space Nine? The game that's the backbone of Deep Space Nine. Anyway, that isn't that isn't that Move Along Home? Regardless, Audible is Dom a great Dom? way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have the time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek.fm listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic books you've yet to read or the latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And we thank you and Audible for supporting commentary, Trek Stars, and trek.fm. So, Brandon. Yes, you're 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 a, a co-host with us on our other show, Commentary Track Stars Off Topic, uh, where we talk about pretty much whatever we want to, and we can curse. Yeah, and we can thing. curse, which is which makes editing a lot easier for me. Um, people can find that show <laughs> and you on uh, CommentaryTrackStars.com. That's true. Along with us, and you can also email all three of us at ComTrackStars at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at ComTrackStars. Thanks for joining us, Brandon. We really appreciate it. And we will be back next week to talk about Robert Hewitt Wolf's first full-fledged series, Andromeda. 